Hello, and welcome to the Midas Touch. I'm your host, Chris Tusa, and this is Charlie Bradbury. to the final episode of our Royal Ascot preview and it's on a happy note that I say hi because today the podcast had an absolute flyer. Started off with a nap from Charlie, Magical Lagoon. Well actually it did start with Post Impressionist but we'll take that, Magical Lagoon. Yeah, sure. Well actually even started off with uh, Wallbank. Wallbank was unlucky. Uh, well, not unlucky. Like there was a better horse in the race, but it was unfortunate given we probably tipped at five to two, uh, punted into sort of seven to four favoritism. So that oh, we, I at that point I was slightly like, God, this is going to be another one of those days at Ascot, and um, thankfully it didn't turn out that way in the end. I mean, yes, we didn't have loads of winners, but the place horses that we had, thanks to you. Uh, were unbelievable. I mean, there were some big prices in there. So. There were, there were. I'll quickly run, run you through them. Flying Dolphin tipped up at twenties. That came fifth. That placed Magical Lagoon. Then won at eleven to four in the three forty. Stradivarius was very unlucky. Um, maybe we don't even need to talk about that because I think everyone's heard about it. Uh, Thesis then won at fourteen to one. Tipped up at twenty fives. Um, thank you. Uh, reach for the moon was beat frankie's had a shocker and in the final race ross golan came in third a close third under danny tudhope at 33 to 1 tipped up at 40s um we'll take that we've already had a, a happy bet slip in from one of our followers congratulations to him hopefully you'll be following for saturday we'll both be there we've got a big picnic lined up yeah. midas touches picnic edition one which is very exciting. Hugely, hugely um, exciting. So the picnic will take place before the first race, which is the 2.30, the Chesham Stakes. Alfred Mannings? Well, I certainly think it's it's taking that Asheen, uh, when we had him on the podcast, said that this was the one horse that he would want to ride uh, throughout the week, which, uh, which would, yeah, indicate that Alfred Mannings has got a big race in him, uh, certainly. Um, I mean, I probably don't want to, to take on this one, but at the same time, I wouldn't be backing this one either just because the price at sort of 8 to 11 is not particularly appealing. Uh, I didn't find anything in there that really screamed out as value. Um, obviously, there are a couple in here coming in as sort of uh, winners first time out and, you know, the, in the sort of could be anything category, I guess you've got to look out for crypto force and and um, michael callahan um but i mean they've been having a bit of a luckless week to be honest a lot of seconds in their ammo racing um so yeah alfred munnings is certainly the the horse to beat um whether i'd be having him at eight to eleven i'm not so sure but strong words for machine definitely i don't know i don't know what your thoughts are on the race but yeah that was my take 
Yeah, I, I think I am in agreement with you there. Um, I would say that it's been a disappointing week for for Ammo Racing. They've had a lot of second places, uh, Mojo Star in particular in the Gold Cup. I, I, I did just say that. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, don't uh, I was looking at the race card because I was looking at Holloway Boy, uh, which is interesting. Carl Burke putting in an unraced horse. Usually you'd think it's because of the fact they want the day out, but I believe it's owned by his wife. So that's interesting. By Ulysses, 80 to 1. Danny Talhope, who's had a brilliant week, is on board. Um, but yeah, Alfred Mullings, I think, for me as well. The 305, the Jersey Stakes. Noble Truth is the favourite who absolutely hacked up last time. And I think that's where my hat falls here. I know it's boring. I know it's the favourite. But they're just kicking into gear, uh, the Godolphin team. And Noble Truth could easily be up to uh, an impressive performance here, I think. The turn of foot that he showed at Newmarket, absolutely blitzing the field, which included Gubbass, who's a who's a good horse, I think a good yardstick. Eldrick Jones, another one. Ribby, who um, who ran today, actually not that badly. Finished ninth in that handicap, won by Thesis, the Britannia. Um, so yeah, for me, Noble Truth strikes as a uh, as a favourite who I would have th- who I would think will be a lot shorter come race time. Mm. I yeah I tend to agree there and also I want for the life of me to to tip up Noble Truth simply because he's got those form ties with uh, my favourite horse this season in in Huyamal. Um he beat Huyamal by a nose last season um, and it was a form line that well, evidently I was very keen on I I thought um, sort of over the winter I thought that was one of the form lines to concentrate on obviously Huyamal's gone and done what he's done. A noble truth has sort of come out and impressed um, so far, but there's still a lot to go. So this is a very, very uh, winnable race for him. And, and yeah, I think uh, he is the most likely in here. I do want to, though, mention uh, another horse a bit further down the market as my selection. Um, and that is uh, Rocky Gianni um, for, I guess, it is it Peter? Peter, Peter Shergen? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, and, um, Sibyl Voigt. Uh, now I can't, obviously can't pretend to know too much about German racing. Um, I do love racing, but my knowledge doesn't that stretch that far. Um, <clears throat> however, he was second in the German 2000 guineas. And there is quite a good yardstick in that race. Uh, and that's the winner of that race in Maljum for, for William Haggis. Um, Mao Jum obviously came out earlier this week and finished fourth in the St. James's Palace behind Caribus, uh, LaSalle and My Prospero. But he was arguably unlucky not to win that race. Yeah, I think a lot of people would say that. Um, the, the jockey that day, I can't remember who was riding, was it Kieran Fallon was riding Mao Jum? I'm not sure. But he, he said that he didn't get a clear passage about one and a half furlongs out and that possibly cost him the race. So... You know, you got there a, a group one level horse. And this one is now coming into a group three looking to, to win a group three. Admittedly, stepping back in trip, but he did win uh, a group three uh, over seven furlongs in Germany. 
Um, now, admittedly, he is perhaps held by noble truth on the Jean-Luc Lagardère form. It was very heavy ground. It was heavy day, ground, and 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 he this horse is by time test, and time test was a, a, a quick ground horse. Um, so you could almost put a line through that one, uh, and I think at sixteen to one, this horse could run a big race. Awesome, strong word for uh, Rocky Gianni for for Charlie Noble Truth for me. The 340 Hardwick Stakes, and it is the superstar of last year, Hurricane Lane, who comes in a very short price favourite on reappearance uh, for the Appleby Buick combo. Broom, second favourite, 11 to 2. Solid Stone, who is victorious at Chester, 9 to 1 alongside Third Realm. 11 to 1 for Mostadaf, who ran a an interesting race last time when beaten quite convincingly by Baybridge. Um, Lafayette for Noel Mead and an unusual runner on the flat for him. Um, interesting race. Let's have your verdict first. Yeah, so if I didn't think Alfred Munnings was worth getting in um, on at around sort of 8 to 11 mark, Hurricane Lane rep, um, sort of represents the sort of opposite, I would suggest. I really think that this thing's just just a good thing to go and win um now i do have to sort of put the disclaimer that i did say that reach for the moon was probably a pretty strong favorite but that said i should have looked at the sort of claymore form a bit more closely and realized that that one bad run was just a bit of a blip like hurricane lane is a really 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 good horse I mean, he ran a huge race in the arc when I thought he was almost nailed on to win, um, just coming up short uh, in third. Uh, he won the ledger, obviously, last year, beating Mojo Star, who's just run second today, um, a very close second as well. In the Gold well. Cup. In the Gold Cup. Um, so that's good form. And then, you know, he blitzed to everyone else, um, bar, of course, Adia last year. And, and you know, that, there's no shame in that either. Um, I think what's more is... <laughs> He bless you. Hey Phoebe, these days, jeez. Yeah. Um, I think what's more is that he's not even coming up against much here. Like y- you couldn't really find anyone to beat him either. I w- I would be interested in Mostadaf perhaps if uh, this race was run at Sandown, but obviously it's not run at Sandown, and so I couldn't I couldn't tip him here. Um, I just think I think yeah, Hurricane Lane's such a strong bet. You know, the the sort of solid good old for favorite the week so far in Caribus has gone and done the job and I expect Hurricane Lane to do the same here yeah I think to be honest I can't really disagree with you here if I were to put up one it would maybe be solid stone uh I thought the way that he won at, at Chester was was taking but Chester is often um a track where performances just seem to be exaggerated mm-hmm. losing performances majestic dawn the other day for example yeah. um and then also winning performances you see horses just kick off that home bend but, but and, change, and changing the guard for example absolutely yeah. pissed up at, at chester and i don't think that form is is as sort of it doesn't represent the the bare result the, the result itself no no um hurricane lane then a strong bet eight to eleven and i think potentially forecasting that to go a little bit shorter yeah yeah one for the Akers though like you know I'm never going to put up an 8 to 11 shot as my actual selection but maybe stick it in a multiple somewhere and then you you might be right yeah now we move into the big one 
on Saturday, the 420, the Platinum Jubilee Stakes, where Chris Waller has Home Affairs, which is a well-supported favourite, into twos. Campanelli comes back to Asker, eights. Creative Force, the Champions Day winner, 17 to two. Sacred, who was, as Nick Bell <laughs> reminded us, catching pigeons on the Newmarket gallops, a case of you 14s for the Irish. Um, and I'll leave it there, I think. I'll begin. Yeah, it's sacred. Definitely. Yeah. It's it's all about sacred. I think I just love the fact that this horse has been catching pigeons. <laughs> it is funny. What, did, what does he even mean? Well, because he's so like agile that he can catch <laughs> pigeons. Or uh, pigeons are fast. One of the yeah. Two. It's, it, it's either right because i was i always thought it was like because you know like if you were to catch a pigeon you'd have to sort of zigzag around and that's the way i thought about it but now i'm thinking about it maybe it's because pigeons are really quick that's the way i thought about it well it's interesting you know it's a very ambiguous term that nick bell used and uh i love it sacred for me i think the form of the hungford stakes from uh, august last year is strong Njord, dreamlope has gone and won a group one Nando Parado won here at that huge price uh, a couple of years ago. You know, hasn't really put a foot wrong. Also has form beating Saffron Beach mm-hmm. um, back in April of last year. Well, I yeah. know that she's often uh, run well at Newmarket, but has had a good run at Ascot uh, in the Queen Mary when yeah. second behind Campanelli. So look, I think Sacred at eleven to one. She was eight to one uh, earlier on in the uh, in the week, and I'm happy to top up at eleven to one. And I'm I'm very sweet on her. Yeah, I like it. I mean, obviously, I, I think it's very taking what Nick Bell said about this one. Uh, clearly, you know, this horse. I mean, however we sort of view that um, that term that he used, essentially, the point of it is that she's doing well and she could be a real danger here um i thought this was an incredibly tough race to work out i um was scratching my head for ages about this one i think interestingly a lot of them have good ascot form um you know whether that be as a juvenile or, or as an older horse um they've they've had a good run a lot of these market principles and even further down the field as well um so it's really hard to work out i think creative force i'm a massive fan of um, I did tip him to a few people uh, on Champions Day last year when he went and won. Uh, but I may worry about the ground here. Like, I think he probably wants that a bit of cut in the ground. That was definitely my concern. Yeah, I w- uh, you know, I'd be, I'd be very keen on him if it weren't for the ground. Um, my selection would probably be Campanelli. Okay. I think, um, well, she's beaten your selection for a start. So there you go. Um, but no, she. I mean, she's twice a Royal Ascot winner. Um, admittedly, last year she was awarded the race rather than actually won the race. You know, um, as as they ran it. Um, but that's still pretty impressive for a horse that's trained in America. Um, so Wesley Ward gets a prime for this event. Um, you know, when it comes round, uh, she obviously, as I said, won this last year uh, in a great race against Dragon Symbol. Um, I mean, you would suggest Dragon Symbol's overpriced, but that was done absolutely nothing this year and sort of has really lost its way. Um, I, I would 
have a slight concern over the form of Wesley Ward's horses. I mean, he's not he's not exactly having winners at, at the Royal Meeting. Um, he's embarrassing himself. Well, that, that's a bit far, Tris. Why is he embarrassing himself? He says too much, in my mind. He's uh, It's very American, uh, and yeah. I understand that, but he is getting to the stage where he's embarrassing himself. Yeah, but like, I mean, I think this one of all his ones this week is actually one who's done it in Europe and is like a we'll really good horse. Um, so yeah, I'd have her. She's an interesting one. I guess she's run at a few different distances. She even went up to a mile once, but like I think the six furlongs is just right for her. She's had a lovely prep run and she'll come over here um, in flying form, I'm sure. So I'd, I'd take her at around 10 to 1, which I think is pretty big for a, a dual Royal Ascot winner um, and previous winner of this race. So Campanelli for you, Sacred, the pigeon catcher for me. Uh, five o'clock, the Wokingham, fresh, well supported for the Fanshawe team. Quarantine Dreams, 15 to 2, Black Rod, 8, Silver Samurai, 11s. Rohan, one of your favourites, 14s, alongside Jumbi and Tab Deed and First Folio. Chairman of the board, 16s, Astjad, 18s, 20s, Prince Lancelot, 20s, Summerhand. And after that... Uh, would be a lot of reading for me because this is a cavalry charge once again. Do you want to go first here? <laughs> yeah, really throw it in, throw me in the deep end, why don't you? <coughs> uh, bless you. Um, the pollen count is really high at the moment. It is, to be fair. I had really itchy eyes this morning as well. Um, so back to the racing. Uh, I, I might regret this, but... I kind of like Popmaster here for Ed Walker and uh, Tom Marquand. Um, I think the key to this one is that he's got some decent Ascot form in the book. Uh, he's a previous winner uh, at the course and uh, over the distance, the six furlongs. Um, that was a decent win as well, a two and a half length uh, win in front of a couple of sort of all right performers, I guess. Uh off a mark that's only uh, four pounds lower than where he comes in here. Um, I mean, this this year he sort of ran all right uh, without really sort of d- troubling troubling the 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 winning uh, the the winning position uh, too much. But he's not run bad races. I mean, that Newmarket one he was actually a lot closer up than the the ninth suggests. Um, I mean, he was a bit of a, a non-stare in the in the Victoria Cup, which has actually uh, proved to be a race that's had a lot of winners come out of it. Um, and then he goes to he goes to Chelmsford and finishes second. So, I mean, he's not been exactly setting the world alight, but I think he's off a relatively workable mark here. And um, he, uh, yeah, I, I like I like the course form, and also he's got a high draw, which uh, I, I like for these these big. Uh, these big sprint handicaps so yeah pop master for me but it's a really really tough race to work out of course i'm joining you with a high draw it's summer hand for me it is the one from yesteryear i remember backing this horse back in 2019 i think it must have been um when james Doyle had the ride james Doyle's got the ride again second off what mark 101 summer has been rated a lot higher since then but has been cruising down the weights and comes back off that same mark i think there's encouragement to be taken from that york run last time behind dakota gold held up as usual and uh just couldn't quite get on terms with the leaders look i think 
this horse needs a really strong pace to aim at. He loves the good firm ground. James Dore, we know, is capable of getting one of those rides. A bit like that sort of uh, sea of class ride in the, the arc, yeah. weaving his way through the field i think summerhand's got a great shout here though notably he didn't win that race no but but for all intensive purposes he he if it had been a stride longer he might have done yeah, he ran a good race um so for me summerhand down this near side i could see that one going very close yeah. at, at 20s um, he, he was also by the way just so you know he was also fifth the year before that as well um and a close fifth as well like it wasn't off off only one pound lower so I'm, like, yeah, he's... I'm happy to hang my hat on, on David O'Mara's head this week. Yeah, yeah. Ross Golin, he's had uh, actual winners earlier on in the week as well. Uh, so yeah, good luck to David and James. I will be there supporting you guys on the day. The 5.35, the penultimate race for the festival, the Golden Gate Stakes, uh, missed the cut for George Bowie, who's basically just been running uh, very short odds on. So it's, it's a very... Uh, unknown quantity falling shadow sixes honiton who has uh some good form ties with with horses who have run this week mm. aldous huxley 11s phantom flight 11s sunking 12s uh 14 to 1 bar those i might just dig in with my quick one i was going to back aldous huxley for the derby if he turned up there i know he's top weight here but as we've said these handicaps for three-year-olds are more like conditions races benoit de la sayette takes off a handy five john and thady godston haven't had a brilliant week but i think they can get in the winners enclosure with this one the last time at goodwood running behind a horse called lionel who i have a lot of respect for that was on good ground i'm not sure good ground uh, soft grounds necessarily uh, aldous huxley's preference and I can see a really, really strong performance here. 11 to 1 seems like a great price for Aldous Huxley. Mm. Yeah, I like it. Obviously, shared the sort of view with you that he was probably a good thing um, when he won He won first time out. Um, interesting as well that sort of Goodolphin have thrown quite a few darts at this race, isn't it? They've got four runners in this. Uh, and for... Uh, for for Appleby and 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 Gosden, uh, the Gosden team as well. Yeah, Honiton, you mentioned he's got that form with Eldar Eldorov, who obviously went and won earlier, but then uh, post impressionist really disappointed. So I guess it's slightly how you read that race. Obviously, Honiton's come out and won since, and really impressively. So he could be good, but as we sort of mentioned at the at the start of the show, Frankie's not really having the best time of it, and and like co- riding is a confidence game. And, um, you know, you, you take those risks and they pay off if you're riding well. And if you're riding badly, you don't take those risks and um, you end up sort of, it's a bit of a vicious cycle, really. It's a catch trade too. Um, so, yeah, so I think, um, you know, interesting that they've got so many in here. Uh, I just want to say that um, we uh, someone was mentioning to me to the, the other day that um, the Bowie Yard are very strong on the favourite in this on uh, Miss the Cut. Um, I think they'd be very disappointed if he didn't finish at least within the sort of top three here and, and maybe even win. Um, I guess it's also worth saying that in, in James McDonald, they've booked a, a jockey here that's riding full of confidence, having already won on Nature Strip and, and Dark Shift at the Royal Meeting. Um, I think, interestingly, they did have Ryan Moore jocked up, but uh, Aiden's now got Sun King in this. I'm not certain of that, but I could have sworn I saw 
Ryan Moore chucked up on him. Anyway, um, James McDonald is not a bad replacement if that is the case. Um, and he's riding really well. So, yeah, it's uh, the the sort of vibes are clearly pretty strong. Um, and this one's really well bred as well. By Quality Road, um, who's a very expensive stallion, um, out of a See the Stars mare. So, quite, quite well bred, to be honest. So, yeah, missed the cut. Uh, it's not a tip, but it's, you know, a bit of information for you. Great stuff. We can now move on to the final race of a mammoth five days of action at Royal Ascot. It is the Queen Alexandra Stakes. It's a staying race. True Shan at the moment occupies top berth in the market. I don't see how they're going to run him if it's on good to firm ground. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they're not running him today in the Gold Cup, I don't know why they'd be going for this. Why is he six to four? In top weight, I don't know. That that I'm there's no way I'm going anywhere near him in the market, even though you'll get no run, no bet. Like I just I, it's silly. Um Wordsworth ten to three. I bet he goes and wins now. Um Falcon eight, eleven to two, Nate the Great tens, Urban Artist twelves, calling the win fourteen, Stratum, last year's winner on very heavy ground after Thunderstorm, sixteens, Timor for the French, twenties. Earl of the Cotswolds is definitely not going to run. That ran in the Gold Cup today and was 20 lengths tailed off the second last place. Well, maybe had it. Maybe had an easy race. Soon led, weakened, like way keen. I don't know. Stu- uh, mental. Uh, Nigel Twist and Davies qu- clearly wants a party. Fair enough. We all do. Um, where do you see this one going? Well, I don't know. I mean, I fully agree with you that that True Shan can't really be running here, surely. Uh, and would be very interesting if if he did indeed turn up. Um, I'm just kind of disappointed that we have to finish what's been an amazing week on this race. <laughs> like, you know, you've got so much high class action, and I get it. I guess people leave before the last on the Saturday because they want to go party, which is which is fair enough. Um, but like, you know, it's a bit of a it's a bit of an anticlimax. Um, but maybe that's just me being really really unfair. Um, yeah, I don't have a strong selection in this, to be honest. I went and watched, uh, I was there at the Curra when Wordsworth, uh, was beaten by Raise You. And, um, I guess it sort of just confirmed everything that we already knew in the fact that he was an absolute boat. And maybe this sort of staying trip is, is exactly what he needs. Uh, he just needs a long run up. Like he's never gone this far. Um, the furthest he's gone is is uh, two miles at Ascot, uh, finishing fourth behind Princess Zoe, who's sort of disappointed today. So I don't know if that's necessarily the strongest form. Um, but yeah, maybe this is one for Wordsworth. Uh, I can't really see anything else. I mean, it's just not for me this race. I so. quite like Falcon Eight. Okay, Falcon Eight was was favourite last year. Uh, I don't think would have liked the ground as much as Stratum would have done. Won the Chester Cup last year. Went off favourite this year. Finished fifth. Cleveland was an unbelievable ride from Ryan Moore that day. I love the fact that they've got Tom Marquand on here. Uh, and, and 108, I think, is a lenient mark. Um, having been as high as, as 110 uh, last year in this race, I think 108 will be okay. And given the fact that there are question marks around a lot of the field, I don't think you know we're going to have the uncertainty of that soft ground. And I could see Dermot Weld... Uh, having a nice result here for a for, for a seven-year-old he's still reasonably lightly raced and um 
you know, there's been a bit of support in the market and, and yeah, Falcon 8, I would love to, to crown off the week. I, I clearly hadn't looked at this race well enough because I absolutely agree with you. <laughs> I think, I've just had a look, obviously that Chester race against Cleveland, like that form actually couldn't be stronger. So Cleveland went and finished second um, earlier in the week. Uh, then Coltrane obviously won um, <clears throat> earlier in the week. Rijinsky, what did he do? He came third to Cleveland. Oh, no, sorry, that's Chester. Uh, Arcadian Sunshine, though, came third to Coltrane, a length and a half. And Falcon 8's been put down a pound for that performance. It smells like a winner to finish off the week. <laughs> I really like that. Um, awesome. I feel a bit emotional. It's been uh, a, a mammoth five days in front of the laptop hours spent studying the form i think it all came good today you know we've had yeah. three days uh, of action and the, on the middle day we, we struck gold which was which was nice and hopefully some of you enjoyed uh some of those winners we're gonna leave it there mm-hmm. for royal ascot i'm sure there'll be a uh, review in time to come we're gonna have to have a little break away from the <laughs> the microphone <laughs> i think uh, before it drives us crazy but but thank you for listening those of you who have tuned in hopefully we found you some value bets and you've enjoyed our insight um charlie closing remarks yeah no i just want to echo what you said there i think thank you for everyone who's listened um whether that be one episode just because you're going on the saturday or whether that's been all five episodes because you want to know what's going on day to day uh really does mean a lot this has been um you know we put blood sweat and tears into this like this is actually we put a lot of research into it or well, i know i have and i know you have as well like um we've not really had time off we're not even able to watch love island night tonight because uh we're too tired by the time by the time we finished all of this so yeah it's been a big shift but definitely worth it and if anyone's at the racing on saturday come say hi to us tell us if you had any winners as a result of this um don't tell us if you had any losers yeah we don't want to hear from you <laughs> No, uh, we do like constructive feedback though. yeah absolutely um and yeah if you are there on saturday or indeed tomorrow enjoy the racing because it really is a great great day out yeah it's an awesome sport we love it we hope you love it um but for now that's a goodbye from me tris and it's a goodbye from me charlie goodbye <laughs>